Well, praise the Lord, we have been on a great topic for a number of weeks now, and it's kind of been two topics in one. How many of y'all ever have had two-in-one shampoo? I don't know, maybe that's a a white guy thing, I don't know, but we sometimes use two-in-one shampoo, and and what it is is it's got shampoo and conditioner all in one, and uh, it just makes the process a lot more efficient, okay, you know what I'm saying? Uh, This has been a two-in-one kind of message because we've been talking about the Word of God and how important it is. That the, the, the Bible you have is not just a book, or it's not a series of books only. Yes, it is, and yes, it was written by men of old, but it was inspired and breathed by God. It's written to us. I want you to point to yourself and say that when we say it was the Bible. Someone say it again. Say the Bible was written to me. I've heard people say, you know, it's a, it's a love letter written to you. And, and it's more than just a love letter because there is, is definitely God's message of love to us. But there's also instruction. There's also um, reproof. There's also times that well, I just need his word just to encourage me, just to refresh me, to renew my mind. Because we live in a world where our mind is constantly infiltrated by news and media and all kinds of stuff. And so we need the word. But then the Bible also tells us that in Romans 10, 17, it says that faith comes by hearing the word. I want y'all to say that when we say faith comes by hearing the word of God. Okay, so now you can see the concept, right? That we have the word, we have to have the word, and when we receive the word, when we hear the word, it builds our faith. This is important because Hebrews eleven six. just to continue to set this up, Hebrews eleven six tells us what? That without faith, it's impossible to please God. So as we're continuing to set this up, I want you to, one more time, repeat with me. Say, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay, so now you see it. We have to have the Word. The Word is important. The Word renews our mind. The Word helps us. The Word, uh, um, is, is, the Bible calls this like sincere milk. It's, it, it, just, it's like it, it, it grows us just like a baby needs food in order to grow. We just had a checkup with Madison, our, our 15-month-old. And I went by myself with both girls. Yeah. It's funny. My wife was telling people at work about it, and they were like, oh, my gosh. Is he okay? Have you called to check up on him? Does he realize that he has to take thorough notes and, and, and repeat everything back to you? She's like, yeah, yeah, he's got it. He's got it. He's pretty good. And so what's funny is, is I get there. And the lady, the, the, it was, this was uh, Friday morning. And so the lady at the reception, she's, she's giving me all the paperwork. Y'all know, I, my wife normally fills out the paperwork. I had no idea that they hand you a minimum of 17 papers per child. Ridiculous. And so I've got these papers, and she's telling me about this. She says, listen, while you're here, do you want to go ahead and set up your next appointment for 18 months? And before she can even finish asking it, out of the side door comes the nurse. And she says, Madison man, I hadn't even sat down yet. I mean, Kaylee's already starting to jump around. And she's excited. She's got her baby doll because her baby doll is going to go to the doctor too. Okay. And so, and so the, the, the nurse is now ready. This lady's trying to get me a schedule appointment. I got 17 papers just for Madison because it's just an appointment for Madison. Kaylee's got her baby doll ready for the checkup. And I'm like, okay, here we go, Lord, be with me. And so we walk in there and she's like, well, listen, you can just fill out the paperwork while we're going through the stuff. I'm like, okay. All right, I got this. And so I'm starting to fill out the paperwork while Kaylee's trying to get her baby to get checked up on. 
She's like, okay, can you go ahead and strip down Madison to just her diaper? I'm like, I am not built for this multitasking. Can I please just finish the paperwork first? So I had to put the paperwork to the side. I had to take care of Madison. Then I had to, you know, and so we would go through the whole thing. Long story short, the checkup went great. I took good notes. I was texting Natalie during the meeting just to make sure if there were any questions that I had forgotten. And Madison's full, healthy, all, everything is good. And, uh, and Daddy survived the doctor visit. So all that being said, you know, that we have these things in life that we go through and things in life that, that, that happen to us, and it's just how life is, you know? That wasn't a, a super spiritual moment Friday morning at the doctor. But in order for us to have a life that is the way God called it to be, our life has to be a life of faith. So whether you're taking your two kids to the doctor or whether you're going to work or whether you're a pastor or whether you're, you're, you're working at a, a reception desk or whether you're in the operating room or a real estate office, whatever it is that you're doing, we are called to live a life of faith. And how do we efficiently do that? How do we effectively do that? We have to have the word. And we have to hear the word. You know, it doesn't say that, that faith comes only by, by, by just the word. It says it comes by hearing the word. That means that, that you've got to read it. And I think that it's important that when you really get some revelation that you say it out loud. That you say it to yourself. That you repeat it to yourself. That you have some... I, I've started making... I've written down declarations that are scripturally based, that I'm trying to say over my life every day. I hadn't quite got there yet, but I believe I'm going to get there where every day, every morning, it's just part of my routine, part of my day, I declare the word over my life in specific things that I'm expecting to see by faith. Because God's word is true. And so last week we talked about this. We talked about the fact that faith begins where the will of God is known. I want y'all to say that with me. Say, faith begins... Where the will of God is known. Where, when you know his will, faith can begin. When you know his will, faith can begin. Who here believes that Jesus can do anything? All of us believe that, right? All right, let me ask it this way. Who here believes that Jesus can do anything, anytime, for anyone? It's true, right? But, but, but let's read this, this scripture, this story in Mark chapter 6 of Jesus. Now, now, to set this up, Jesus had just gone from one part of the country where he had been with Jairus, Jairus' daughter. The woman with the issue of blood at the same time had come up, touched the hem of his garment, and was healed, healed of her 12 years of sickness instantly. Those two things had just happened. Faith had been at work. But then we see here in Mark chapter 6 that Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. Everybody say hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many heard him, many who heard him, they were amazed. Everybody say, wow. (laughs) They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? But then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. He's just the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. He just came 
from healing Jairus' daughter, who was dead. He brought her back to life. He just came from a woman who had been to every doctor, from what we understand, for 12 years, had, had, had actually had many trials of, of the doctors who were trying to fix her problem, and all she did was believe and touch the hem of his garment and was healed. But then here, they failed to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Now check this out. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. He was amazed. He was astonished at their unbelief. I bet that he was. Because I can't imagine having come from doing what I just did. Because Jesus was all God, but he was also all man. He was all God and all man. The Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That means that he was just as much flesh and soul and mind as me and you. That means that if you've ever had a moment where you looked at your friend and said, girl, what did you just do? That he had one of those moments and said, guys, are you serious? You were just amazed at me a second ago when I was teaching, but once you heard that I was just a carpenter's son, that you work with my brothers and my sisters live beside you, now all of a sudden, see, it was, it was their unbelief that limited the miracles from taking place. And all throughout Scripture, we see that, and even the ones that happened in, in Mark chapter 5, we see that it was their faith that made them whole. Jairus actually even asked him, Lord, help my unbelief. He said, anything is possible if you believe. Listen, th this, is, this is all about faith. And here we see when faith doesn't work, when faith is not in action, it was their unbelief that stopped even Jesus from doing mighty works. See, we sometimes think that Jesus will just do what he does. That Jesus will just fix my problem. That I can just go through life and I can just make a mess and Jesus will just fix it. Jesus will, as we said and as we sang, turn everything that the devil meant for evil and make it good. But he'll do that by your faith. Everything we do in our relationship with God requires faith. It requires you to believe in him. It requires you to understand his word on the subject. Believe in him. The Bible says that when you speak to, to whatever it is that you're believing to be removed from your life. He calls it a mountain. That if you're going to speak to a mountain, that when you speak, you have to have faith at that moment. You have to believe and you shall not doubt. Everybody say, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. You can't doubt. You have to have faith. So either you're in faith or you're in doubt. Which is it? It was their unbelief. See, they were in faith for a moment, and they were amazed, and they were astonished. Actually, it doesn't even say they were in faith. It just says they were amazed and astonished. But because they stopped looking at the Word, y'all get this, because they stopped looking at the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus was the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Because they stopped looking at the Word and began looking at the circumstances around the Word, unbelief settled in. Because they stopped looking 
at the miracles and what had built their faith because when the word performed its duties, that's what the word does. The Bible says that his word will not return void. That means when his word goes forth and we proclaim his word and we speak his word, his word is always true. God is not a man that he can lie. He cannot lie. So when we proclaim his word, his word has to come into fruition. It has to, it has to, if you're in faith, his word will come to pass. Let me say it that way. But when we focus on the situation, when we focus on the circumstances, when we focus on the surroundings, how often do we do that? Unbelief settles in. Unbelief settles in. Faith can put you in the place of your miracle or your unbelief will have you somewhere else. I, you know, I want, to be, I want to be where my wife is. How many of y'all have ever felt that way? Like, like if you have a significant other, I just, I don't, I didn't get married to my wife to live hundreds of miles away from her. If y'all have heard our story, we dated long distance. Anybody in here date long distance, just out of curiosity? You guys dated long distance? A few of you dated long distance? You guys dated long distance? I remember that. Y'all were shorter distance than us, though. I mean, we were like, like long distance, bruh. And, 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 and I, I remember going through all that. I was ready to get married quick. I mean, once I knew she was the one, like, let's do this thing. And her pastor was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, we got to pump the brakes here, okay? I mean, we got to do some things. We got to make sure we do some counseling and we got to go through the, and I'm glad he did. But my point is, is I didn't get married to not be with her. I wanted to be in her presence. You know, our girls are that way. Like I said, I have a 15-month-old and our oldest daughter is two and a half. And they are so funny because when they don't know where mom and daddy are, it might be a minute but then they want to know where we are real quick. And so just last night, <laughs> I, um, Natalie had a few things to do. She had a few errands to run. And so Ms. Natalie left uh, the house to go, to go do some errands. And she's like, listen, uh, I know you're trying to study and get ready for your message, but um, I need to go run this errand real quick. Is it okay if I do that? I said, yeah, sure, no problem. I got this. I just did a doctor visit yesterday, girl. I got this. No, I didn't say that, but that was what I was thinking. And so she said, okay, well, I'm going to leave. Listen, we'll just turn on a show and let them watch a show, and then you can go and study. So I went in the back room into our bedroom, and I cracked the door so that way that I could hear them and they could hear me. We locked the door, you know, of course. They're watching the show. It's not, we live in an apartment, so it's not a big space. I'm like, this is great. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hopping on the bed. I'm studying, reading the word, just getting ready, praying a little bit, meditating. It wasn't five minutes. And she's, little Madison starts with, Mommy, Mommy. And I could hear her, and I'm like, Lord. Let her just get, distract her back with the movie. Let her watch the movie. Mommy? And then she realized, Dad? She switched to Daddy. Dad? And I can hear it echoing through the apartment. Now I'm not even studying. I'm not even distracting. But I'm not moving either. I'm like, I'm just going to see how long it takes. And sure enough, she came to the door. And she's little, you know, so she just knocked on the door first. She started knocking on the door. I'm like, this is so sweet. I can't even, like, I can't even, you know, leave her. So I go and get her, you know, and I'm like, I'm like hugging her. She's like, just, just want to come check on me, obviously. She just wanted to be in my presence. She just wanted to be with me. Now, Kaylee's still watching the movie at this moment. This is about five minutes in. And so I said, all right, cool. Hey, where's your sister? And I can see the light bulb come on. I'm like, yes. She's like looking around. I'm like, where's Kaylee? She's like looking around. I said, won't you go find Kaylee? I start patting her bottom. Won't you go find Kaylee? And so she's like, okay. You know, and she runs back down the hallway. She's got a little, if y'all ever see her, she's, she's kind of pudgy. So she's got a little, like, little waddle, you know. She starts waddling. I'm like, all right, yeah. And so I crack the door again, hop back on the bed. I'm reading. I'm studying. This time I might have made about 10 minutes. 
And all of a sudden, I hear a much faster pace coming down the hall. I hear a pit patter of two and a half year old feet. And she didn't even ask. She wasn't calling mommy or daddy. She knew where daddy was. And she busts through the door. Boom. And I could see her over the bed, but she didn't see me on the bed because we got a big, like a higher kind of bed. And she's, t- she's short. And so I could see her eyes. And all of a sudden, her eyes made contact with me. And then she said this. Oh, hi, daddy. Like she was surprised. Like, oh, there I am. Oh, hi, daddy. I'm like, hi, Kaylee. How are you? know, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm good. What are you doing? I, I, daddy's reading. Oh, cool. And she comes running around, jumps, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. She jumps on the bed. I'm like, I bet, what you are? Are you watching a movie? You're watching? Like, oh, no. And now Madison. Here, Madison. Here goes Madison. She wants to be with sister. Now both of them are in there, and Madison's trying to climb on the bed. Kaylee's already beside me, ready to play with my iPad, because that's what I was reading. It was just, I was like, this is, this is a lost cause. I'm just going to have to just wait for mommy to come back. I'm just going to, you know, throw in the towel right now. They just wanted to be in my presence. They just wanted to be with me. We quote that scripture all the time that where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. And see, the atmosphere that you create around you will either allow your faith to work or inhibit it. Which is really what I want to talk to you about this morning because the faith begins where the will of God is known. And we've talked about faith. We've been harping on faith. Go get the podcast if you're new and you haven't been um, hearing these messages. They're great. Go get my pastor's podcast and, and listen to his messages on YouTube or on, on um, whatever podcast app you use. Pastor Steve McCart. They're phenomenal. Uh, he's been teaching along the same lines on faith. All of that's good, but if your atmosphere doesn't allow for the presence of God to be in your life, then your faith is going to be inhibited. Let's let's check this out. Let's read this other scripture, and then then this is going to make more sense. See, in Mark chapter 5, there was two stories happening. So so we just looked at Mark 6, but in Mark chapter 5, and for the sake of time, I'm just going to summarize. It's two stories happening at the same time. Jairus went to Jesus for his daughter's healing, and the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus while he was walking to heal Jairus' daughter. Does that make sense? So Jairus comes, he says, Jesus, will you heal my daughter? Jesus says, yes, I'll go. As he's walking, the woman with the issue of blood comes up, and she just gets in his presence. See, there was faith there. Faith was in action because she believed. She knew, and she actually said, all I have to do is touch the hem of his garment. And when she did, he said that virtue left him. She was healed. Then check this out. As right after that happened, he's talking to the people. The Bible says that he hadn't even finished talking and leaders that were, that were leaders with Jairus, they came up to, to Jesus and they said, listen, there's no need for you to go to his house. The daughter is dead. The daughter's dead. Isn't it amazing that Jesus never wavered and the Bible was, didn't say either way, but obviously Jairus didn't either. Because they didn't stop there in the road. They didn't stop with the woman of the issue of blood. They didn't stop at the, the, the previous miracle. They walked to the house. They walked straight up to the house. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says that Jesus, knowing that unbelief will cause faith to, to, to be inhibited, he created an atmosphere for a miracle to happen. I want you all to get this. He walked into the house, and the Bible tells us that in the room with the, the dead girl... They were wailing and they were weeping. And he cleared the room. Everybody say, clear the room. 
I want y'all to get this. He cleared the room. He removed unbelief. He removed lack of faith. He removed doubt. He removed anyone. As a matter of fact, it also says that he only took with him a few of his disciples. I wonder why. He had 12 of them, but he only took a few. And the Bible says that he only took in the room the mother, the father, and those that were with them. In other words, the disciples that he took. That's all that went into the room with him. He kicked everybody else out and said, listen, you guys don't get to see this miracle, basically, because your faith is not there. And he walked in and he rose the girl from the dead. And they told him, y'all get her some food. That was basically what happened. He walked in the room and by faith raised a girl from the dead. But he only took in there and he created an atmosphere where faith can work. The atmosphere you are in will hinder or enable the faith that you have. See, it's important what you listen to. It's important who your friends are. It's important what you surround yourself with. It's important who you walk with, who's in your circle. That's why church is so important. That's why I, I tell you, I, I love this place. I love this place. I love this church because it changed my life. It, 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 it retrospectively just turned my life around. It, it caused me to see really who God was and what he wanted to do in my life, that he was good. How many of y'all know God is good? All the time. Say that with me. Say, God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. See, we're, we're in a church. I, I told you about, listen, there, there's a lady that's been coming. Um, and she's obviously with her family today. She told me she might do that. But, but just this week, just on Thursday, she had a breakthrough at our Bible study. And, and she, y'all might have seen her before. And I don't think she'd mind telling me. She normally has oxygen. Y'all might have seen her. She has oxygen. Her name is Miss Deborah. And she normally has oxygen. I'm going to tell her testimony because she told me this past week. I'm going to tell it for her. I wish she was here, but like I said, she's with her family. But she told me, listen, she said, Pastor, you prayed for me, for my oxygen. I said, yes, ma'am, I did. And we believe by faith. She said, yes, we did. Well, you know, the reason I had the oxygen is because when I get busy or when I, get, when I do a lot of things, when I do a lot of physical activity, I get short of breath, and that's why I need the oxygen. But she said, well, you know that I have been more active since you prayed for me than I, than I have in a long time. And she said, even my family, she began to tell me these stories about her family had noticed and said, girl, you're doing more than you've done. And I haven't seen you. Girl, you're busy. Are you, are you okay? They were, they were almost concerned about her. Then after the Bible study Thursday, I go back to check on my wife and let her know that we were done. And I use the bathroom. I come back and Miss Deborah is breaking down the table. Tearing down the table. She started stacking chairs. I'm like, Miss Deborah, I, I will help you. She's like, I got it. No oxygen, no nothing. See, we, we're in a church, in a place where we don't just talk the talk. We walk the walk. And we want God. Listen, I wrote this. I actually pulled this scripture because I thought I might share it. And I'm going to share it with you. 1 Corinthians 2. You don't have to turn there, but just listen to me. It says, this is Paul talking, and he said, I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. I didn't come with excellency of speech. If you jump to verse 4, it says this. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration 
of the Spirit, that's a big S, and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. Everybody say Spirit Spirit. and power. That is what this church is about. That's what we're about. We're called Family Worship Center because we want to minister to the whole family. We want to minister to every single person, every single age, and every single color, by the way. And, and we want to do it in a way where the Spirit can move in your life and the power of the Holy Spirit can change your life. And, but the only way for that to happen is for you to stay connected to the Word. That's why, we, that's why it's such a big deal to me when I hear it. Listen, I, I, I have a lot of, of good, you have some good preachers you like. I like, I, like listening, I like listening to my pastor. That's who I listen to the most because he's my pastor. That's who God connected me to, and that's what I would encourage you to do. And I wouldn't ask you to do that and listen to me and listen to my podcast if I weren't listening to my pastor's podcast. And I, I'm doing it every week. I'm going to go home today with my family, and we're going to watch the live stream back from my pastor's service. Anyways, my point is there's other guys out there and girls that are really, really good with persuasive words of human wisdom. They sound really good. They even look really good. They look cooler than me. I'm going to get some new clothes, by the way. I'm going to get some new suits and stuff. I'm going to be looking. Y'all go see. I'm going to look. Y'all going to be like, oh, that's a new jacket. Oh, snap. He's looking good. But that's not, but I mean, actually, I really don't care about looking good. But, <laughs> but I am, I just, I realize that I only have so many options and I need to get some more. So I'm going to get some more clothes. But anyways, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not the flyest looking guy. I'm, I'm very comfortable public speaking, but I don't think I'm the best public speaker. I'm not as, you know, persuasive, as the Bible puts it, as the, the guy you might see on TV. But I'm telling you what, I believe in the word that we preach at Family Worship Center. And I believe that it matters. And see, your faith is built on the words you hear. I want y'all to get this. I want y'all to see the picture that I'm trying to paint you this morning. That you had all these people who, by faith, miracles happened. They heard the word, and it was not contaminated. It wasn't contaminated. Have y'all ever had a glass of sweet tea, and then the waiter accidentally put unsweet tea in it? You might as well just throw that thing out. That's disgusting. I don't want half sweet, half unsweet. I want sweet tea if I'm going to drink it. Come on, somebody. Can I get a sweet tea amen in here? It gets contaminated. And you see all these people, and all through the Bible, but just, just looking at one chapter to the next, Faith, miracle, faith, miracle. And then unbelief, he could there do no mighty works. Their faith had been contaminated. Their faith couldn't. Don't listen. I want to encourage you as our church grows and as we do things, as I learn and as I get better at what I'm doing, don't get caught up in, 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 in the surroundings. Stay connected to the word and where the faith is and where faith is going to grow in your life and where faith is going to work in your life and where faith can, can grow and actually make a difference and where you can see. I, I can't tell you how many miracles have come. And it's not, I, I know I'm talking about Family Worship Center, but that's just where the word was. It, it's all about God. God connected me to this church. He gave me the word here and I put it to work by faith. I can't tell you the number of miracles that have happened in my life because I chose to put it to work. I chose to put it to work. I chose to believe in it and to try my hardest. I'm not saying I've been perfect, but I try my hardest to not let my faith get contaminated. To be careful what I listen to. So we preach around here that God is good. 
If you hear a preacher out there saying that, the God, that God has taken you through the valley and he's put sickness or disease on you and he's put you in that situation and he's, he's cursed you to blah, 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 just so he can show you his goodness. I, I had dinner with a pastor the other night and he was telling me all these good stories about all the miracles that had happened in his ministry. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then he said, yeah, but we lost our building because the landlord sold it right from out from under us. And I said, man, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. He said, yep, God was just showing us his glory. And I looked over at my wife, and I didn't say anything because we just met him. But I was thinking, you know, maybe, maybe you just had a bad landlord. Maybe you just had a bad landlord that didn't like you or something or didn't like churches or who knows what. Or maybe he just didn't care, and he cared more about the other money he was going to get for selling the building and just sold it. Maybe he wasn't spiritual at all. Maybe God didn't deal with him at all. Because that's not how God works. And I believe that actually, if, if I, this is what I believe, that God didn't want that to happen. And God would have had him another building if it, somewhere along the way there was something that went awry. Because I know God's word. My point is this, that our faith cannot get and must not get contaminated. Must not get contaminated. Say that when we say, my faith... Must not get contaminated. If my job depleted my faith, I want y'all to get this. If my job depleted my faith, let's say that I was in, and I know we have a lot of medical people that come to the church, but this is the best analogy that I can, I can think of. If, if I worked in, how many of y'all have ever seen a, a show, a medical show, like ER or one of those shows, right? Y'all have seen it, right? And, and, and every time that you watch one of those shows, what happens? There's drama. Someone almost always dies. Someone, they have to go in with the things, clear, boom, and they jack them up. They don't actually do that, by the way, right? Can I tell the nurses in here that it doesn't actually work like that? Not that I understand, but that makes for good TV. But if you were around that all day, and all day you saw death, and all day you saw disease, and all day you saw, I mean, think about it. I mean, 10 hour, what did you tell me? You work 12 hour shifts, 10 hour shifts, these long hours. And that's all you saw, all you heard, all that you got. Y'all get this. This is important. It's going to deplete your faith. That's what you're hearing. That's what you're seeing. Then that means that much more. You've got to get God's word in you and have faith cemented in you that, that by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. Because if not, when, when you start seeing something that happened to look like that patient from three weeks ago, Oh, oh, oh! And you start your mind starts going because your mind is the one that saw and dealt with the patient. And then you're, you're, you've got to have in your spirit the word of God to the point that your faith is greater than your surroundings. That your faith circumvents what's infiltrated your life. I want y'all to just as I close, I want y'all to, to say this with me. And this is super important. Say, I'm a spirit. I live in a body, and I have a soul. You are a spirit. That's who you are. That's the real you. The real you is a spirit. But your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions drives your daily activities. It drives your daily activities. That, that, listen to me. Listen to me. Your faith is not built on politics. Your faith is not built on news. Your faith is not built on your friends. Your faith is not built on your coworkers. Your faith is not built on your job. 
Your faith is not in any of those things and is not built on any of those things. Your faith comes from the Word of God. So you've got to get connected and got to stay connected to where the Word can build in your life and create faith that's greater than the problems that you might face. You have to. Or else, everything, I mean, if, if, if the majority of your time, your soul is getting infiltrated and your atmosphere is, is unbelief, you've got to press past that. Push past that. Push to a place, God, I want, I want faith to grow in me. I can't please you any other way than having faith. God, I want to push, help me. You know, the Bible doesn't say that faith is difficult. It's actually pretty easy. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. When you hear his word, faith comes. I want y'all to get this. I, I want to leave on this note. I know I said I was wrapping up, but I'm actually going to wrap on this. This is really good. All right, Mark 9. I know I'm saying in Mark a lot today, and it's because it's a good book. Amen. Mark chapter 9. We skipped a few chapters. Jesus is continuing to do miracles. And here, he's talking to this boy's father. And, and this, this father had come to Jesus and said that his, his son was um, um, having seizures and having, um, that he was, he was actually, he was possessed is what the, the father believed. And so Jesus said, how long has this been happening? And he replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Y'all see that? This is the father talking. He said, Jesus, help me. If you can, if you can, and I love Jesus's reply, check this out. He said, what do you mean if I can say that with me? Say, what do you mean if I can, what do you mean? Can't y'all just hear Jesus? Can't y'all hear him just looking at this guy saying, wait, wait, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes anything is possible. See, this is the type of word that you got to have. That when you face a situation that, that you can look at it and say, what do you mean if I can? When, a, when, a, when an employer or a, a co-worker or somebody says, you can't get that promotion, what do you mean I can't get that promotion? Y'all, y'all got to have some more what do you means in your life. Because that's what the word said and that's what Jesus said. I believe you can say it. What do you mean, devil, I'm not healed? What do you mean? Do you know what God's word says? Have you read it? What do you mean I can't do that? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do anything I put my mind and my heart to. And if God said I can have it, I can have it. If God said I can do it, I can do it. It doesn't matter what I see. I don't walk by by sight. I walk by faith. It doesn't matter what's around me. I am living by faith. The just shall live by faith. I'm living by faith. I'm pursuing God. And when I pursue him, he pursues me. And I don't mean to yell, but I'm just excited. And I can't help when the word excites me. I just want to shout. I want to scream because I know that anything is possible. Anything is possible if I just believe. What do you mean I can't do that? What do you mean? What do you mean? You mean to tell me that you think, you just watch. You just watch. You just watch what God's going to do in my life. You just watch what's going to happen. You just watch what's, you just watch the next few months, brother. You just sit back, hush up, tell them nicely, okay? I use nice words in our house. We don't use quarter words. We don't say the other words, we say hush. You look at someone and say, please be quiet, sir. 
What do you mean? What do you mean I can't do that? What do you, do you know the God I serve? Do you know the God that I serve? Because I know him because I know his word. And my faith is bigger than this circumstance. So it doesn't matter, Mr. Dr. Person, what you say. I hear you, and I hear your report, but I believe the report of the Lord. And I believe what his word says. And that's what's going to happen in my life. So you can tell me what you're going to tell me, but I believe something bigger. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean if I can't? Anything is possible if you just believe. If you guys will stand up on your feet right there where you are.